0: We are finally here. Yes, we have made it. 22 long, excruciating weeks of the NFL season and we have finally arrived at the doorstep. Super Bowl 58 between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is going to be an exciting one, guys. I know deja vu. like We are seeing these two teams in the Super Bowl once again, but feel like they're expected to deliver. We're going to go ahead and cover all the uh, positional battles as well as the head coaches uh, are in the coaching staff battles between the two teams as well as our keys to victories for both teams on how they can win the game. And, of course, we're going to end it with our predictions on who we think will win Super Bowl 58. I'm your host, Matthew Raritan, and this is Total Sports Talk Beyond the Light. What's happening everyone? Welcome to Total Sports Talk Beyond the Lights. Like I said, this is our Super Bowl preview show where we're going to go over pretty much everything that we can to get you guys ready for the Super Bowl. I know this isn't the ideal Super Bowl for a lot of people if you don't live in California or in uh, where Kansas City play Missouri. Um, you know, you're not going to have a lot of people who really want to pull for these two teams right now and I kind of get it. In a perfect world, the Steelers would be in it, Packers would be in it, Buccaneers, you know, but it's not a perfect world. We can't do that. But these are two legit teams that deserve to be there. And we're going to give our opinions on, you know, who is going to win in these key positional battles. But first, I want to introduce my co-host today. And we've got David Street.
1: What's up everybody?
0: And secondly, we've got Ed Smith. Welcome, y'all. Guys, I mean, as football fans, are you guys ready for this Super Bowl? I mean, I look forward to the Super Bowl every year just because I'm just a big sports, big football fan. Um, I know that these two teams, it's tough on really who to pull for, but it's still football, guys. So, I mean, you guys both really, uh, you know, kind of pumped up for the Super Bowl? I mean, listen,
2: like, we get the one Super Bowl that almost nobody wanted. But it's still the Super Bowl, and it's why like I laugh. I Me, mean, I understand a little bit, but I have to laugh when people say I am not going to watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You more than likely are.
1: So well, I'm in the position of football. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm from I'm from Texas. Everything's about football, and when you have a Texas boy that's leading one of the teams, mm-hmm. it's going to be about football. You know, Patrick Mahomes coming from East Texas. Uh, going to Texas Tech, you know going to Kansas City and Kansas City being a team that originated in the Dallas area. you know that is a a big thing for us as Texans. So I am pumped to see the Super Bowl this year and I'll be quite honest, I do see a route to more people watching this Super Bowl because everybody as much as they love their underdog story, they want to see the favorites. They want to see the best of the best play each other, and that's what I think we're getting in this game.
2: And also, I think the Chiefs have developed to a point where, just like the Patriots, more and more people tune into the Super Bowl to see them fail. So,
0: yeah, sometimes when you despise a team, you watch to see their downfall. It's just kind of how it is, and I think that's exactly what we're going to see. And you know, I, I grew up always watching the Super Bowl, not only for the the football, but the commercials. It's always been legendary with the Super Bowl commercials. So I'm looking forward to that. Every year, though, I hope they get better. And it seems like they let me down. They just aren't the same Dude, anymore.
2: What? What? Dude, the commercials have totally sucked like the past three, maybe four years. Like I can think of like maybe one, maybe two good commercials in total over, over that time span.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Like Ed said, the was and the, <laughs> the Doritos commercials, the Clydesdales—you know—we those are memories that we have growing up watching these commercials, and it end up being such a spectacle. You had the whole world turning into it. It became such a huge hit with these commercials. You're looking at for a thirty second ad. What I don't know what the running number is now, but it's pretty high. I think and, it's twenty five million dollars an ad. Yeah, that, that it's just ridiculous, and but. It pays off because people watch the Super Bowl. They really do. Um, So I'm I'm looking forward to it, guys. It's going to be, I feel like, in my opinion, a great Super Bowl. And I'm hoping it is because as a football fan, I'm here to watch great things happen. And I'm expecting to see so. But I want to get into these positional battles here where we're going to cover kind of a one-on-one situation here with our own thoughts and just essentially who we think is going to have the edge. And I'm going to start here with the first one, guys, and that's QB1 for both teams. That's Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy. And, yes, if you're listening or watching right now, I'm sure the obvious is, well, Patrick Mahomes by far, right? And, yeah, you'd be right. But I want to get into it a little bit more. Patrick Mahomes, he – is a winner, guys. He really is. And this is the stage where, in all honesty, as much as you want to not like him, this is where he belongs. Patrick Mahomes belongs in the Super Bowl because he works his tail off. He is so talented on many levels that. He's just worked his way to getting there, and he deserves to be there every year. I'm just going to say that, guys, as much as a lot of people hate it. Patrick Mahomes, just like Tom Brady did all those years, deserves to be there. It's not like he does nothing and he just gets lucky because his defense carries him or he has an amazing running back that carries him. No, Patrick Mahomes – is this Chiefs team, and it does revolve around him, but not in a selfish way. Yes, you may not like uh, the antics of his wife or his brother, but when it comes to a pure talent standpoint, Patrick Mahomes is by far one of the best in the league today and he is making a name for himself as one of the best of all time and I and I truly believe that watching this guy from Texas Tech to now with the Chiefs he just gets better every single year and it's like all right well how can it can you stop can you let the NFL catch up at some point no because why because he's just that great Same thing with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan just was not going to slow down. He retired, came back, another three-peat. That's just how great Michael Jordan was. Patrick Mahomes is not slowing down, and he doesn't plan to for some time. Um, So Patrick Mahomes, what I've noticed in the playoffs, though, so far this year, you're not going to see the same Patrick Mahomes that's throwing 350-plus yards each game, throwing bombs like we're used to seeing, especially with the Tyreek Hills days. This is a Mahomes that is playing probably the smartest football of his career because he has – you know a lack of weapons on the outside, like he's used to having at wide receivers. And we're seeing him just be so much smarter on who he's throwing the ball to when he's throwing the ball. And you're seeing him a lot more calm within the pocket, but that's because this offensive line is doing a darn good job protecting him. But that's where I think this key, this is where it's going to be really key for And I'm going to get to that later on keys to victory, but Mahomes comfort within the pocket and knowing when he needs to scramble, I think just really is going to give him such an edge in this game, let alone his experience in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that becomes a big key. The Super Bowl is this is the brightest lights are on you. But I'm going to talk about a guy that I don't really think it's phased about these lights and that's Brock Purdy. This is Mr. Irrelevant from I- Iowa State, okay? It- Brock Purdy has exceeded so many expectations. When you're Mr. Irrelevant, which is the last pick in the NFL draft, your expectations, that bar is already low. Well, not only has he exceeded that, he's done it tenfold. That's just how great Brock Purdy is uh, as a quarterback in the NFL. And you you could sit here and say, well, they got a great defense. They've got great weapons. Well, that's so be it. That doesn't, that don't let that overshadow just how good Brock Purdy is. Is he a superstar? Eh, Maybe not yet, especially in this age where I just talked about Patrick Mahomes or we just saw last night in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson winning MVP. Brock Purdy is neither of them. But who Brock Purdy is? Well, he's Brock Purdy, and that's what I really love about him is he's a quarterback that is not worried about anyone else. He doesn't want to be compared to anyone else. He wants to go out there, and he wants to give the best performance of his life, and that's what I respect the most out of him. I mean, this guy's got a heart of a lion. We saw last year in the NFC Championship game, he tried fighting through kind of his injury. Ultimately, he had to leave the game, but here he is. He brought his team all the way back. They are in the Super Bowl again this year, and they would not be here without Brock Purdy. But the thing about this Niners team is they wouldn't be here without a lot of their players. But Brock Purdy is one of those that I think he's really just been a leader of this team, commanded this team, and also deserves to be in the Super Bowl with what he's done. I, I'm a Steelers fan. We saw Brock Purdy week one. You would have thought this guy was Tom Brady 2.0, Uh, You would not have thought that he was just a rookie last year. You would have thought this guy was at least a seven-year vet because that's how he carries himself. He's not cocky. He's very, very humble, and he's always trying to get better. And In his second year, I think he has really exceeded by far in that level. But when it comes to these two quarterbacks and who has the edge, I do think it is a no-brainer here with Patrick Mahomes. He is just that guy that is always going to be here doing those guy things. That's just how Patrick Mahomes is as a quarterback. And on the biggest stage of them all, Super Bowl 58, I expect Patrick Mahomes to continue that trend and lead his team. But uh, there's a another really close battle here on the field for both these teams, and that's going to come out of the tight end position. That's Travis Kelsey. That's George Kittle tight end university, I mean, these guys have really uh, kind of reincarnated this tight end position in the NFL, and I love it. I absolutely love it. The tight end is a very key position, and these guys do it best right now. And, Ed, I want you to kind of tell us, tell the audience here how you feel. Well, you had mentioned how, um,
1: how Patrick Mahomes – is ahead of the curve against everybody right now. And it's because they've kind of reinvented offense in today's NFL. You know, for many years, it was wide receivers, you know, deep shots. It was, you know, fly routes. It was those bunch formations. It was those swing passes, wide receiver screens. These two teams have actually taking the tact of controlling the center of the field as opposed to trying to get around the defense through those wide formations and wide plays. Controlling between the numbers, that's what a tight end does. And these two do it better than almost everybody in the league. There are some exceptions out there that could possibly be in the same conversation, but to have these two Face each other in the Super Bowl, that's not a coincidence. That's how winning offense is done in the NFL at this point. You know, when you're talking about Travis Kelsey, you know, this is the Hall of Famer. This is the guy that has been the gamer in the playoffs over the course of his career because he's had Patrick Mahomes. He had Alex Smith before that. You know, just as, you know, coming out of Cincinnati, he didn't have a whole lot of you know, pomp and circumstance, he did not have a lot of people looking at him to be the next big thing in in offense in the NFL. Well, that's changed. With Travis Kelsey, him going through the seams, you know, doing those choice routes, you know, being that guy that is the blanket for Patrick Mahomes to get in and out of any situation up and down the field, that's what this guy does. He actually accounted for 23%, 23 23.5% of the passing yards of Patrick Mahomes this year. He's the go-to guy. He is the guy that Patrick looks for in all those tough situations. And the question becomes, who's going to cover him? Is it going to be Fred Warner? Is it going to be Hufanga? Who knows? We'll have to see what that matchup looks like when we get there. But when you see Travis Kelsey, if it's in zone, he's going to find where you're weak. If it's in man, he's going to beat your leverage. That's just what he does and what he has consistently done. And he is a really good end-of-the-line blocker when he needs to be. He doesn't want to be. Almost no tight end in the NFL wants to be the the end-of-the-line blocker at this point. But it is truly known that winning football is going to be, with that tight end, blocking when necessary. And we'll talk about the running backs here in a little bit. Uh, On the other side of the ball, you know, you got George Kittle, who is very much a mirror image of Travis Kelsey. It's just a different offense. You know, Kyle Shanahan's offense, Andy Reid's offense, they came from the same tree. So you're going to see a lot of the same concepts. Shanahan's idea of run fitting, of option passing, getting those play action digs out there, that's where you're going to see different looks and different feels of the pass game. George Kittle runs great when it is on that play action, getting past the linebackers in front of the safeties and just Basically outmanning whoever is in front of him down the field. He he actually had more yards this year than Travis Kelsey and 30 fewer receptions. That is that makes him more explosive. So he's not the prime target like Travis Kelsey is, but he is an effective target. And that is what the Niners offense really looks toward. He is the he is a Helpful, balanced part of that offense. He's a second or third option outside of CMC, Debo, Brandon Ayuk. Those are guys that people think of when they think 49ers passing game. George Kittle isn't the first guy that they think of, which he could be because he has just as much a percentage of the passing offense as what Travis Kelsey does. There, there's a lot there. So many similarities between these two guys, you know. And the question on that side of the ball becomes: Who covers him? Is it Justin Reed or Willie Gay? You know, there are. There's going to be a lot of speed on defense uh, with the Chiefs because that's how they like to run defense. I could see George Kittle having a huge day, just being bigger than everybody else around him. Yeah, you know, and find you know some seams that really benefit the 49ers when they go on their play action passes. Yeah. I
0: um, think it's, oh, go ahead, David.
2: Yeah. I, I think, I think it's uh rather interesting how you say that, um, that uh, George Kittle isn't the first person you think of when you think of the 49ers weapons, when like his first year in San Francisco and maybe his second year, certainly his first couple of years, um with, with the Niners. He was absolutely the uh, first weapon that you uh that everybody thought of. But that just goes to show how much the Niners have evolved on, on offense.
0: Absolutely. I mean Brandon Ayuk, I don't think we expected to fully to see how much he's really transformed in in the NFL, I mean, to being a legit weapon for the Niners, but yeah, George Kittle was—he was just Mr. Reliable for the Niners for those years. That he was the easy go-to target. But you know, I'm glad you brought up Travis Kelsey in the blocking game because there was a play last week, guys. I don't know if you saw it. Was on the goal line where he totally laid out Patrick Queen, threw him to the ground with ease, and it was just like. You you get you don't get to see that side of Travis Kelsey much because he's the 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 catcher you know he's not the blocker you you aren't seeing it that often but tight ends guys they 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 you need to know how to block in the NFL. So, being able to see that is quite refreshing. However, though, I would love to try to I would love to see him try to do that to Fred Warner. I think that's a different game, but uh we'll, we're we're going to see if that actually happens this week. I I'm actually excited to see if they are on each other. That'll be a fun little matchup to see Fred Warner being one of the best up-and-coming linebackers in the NFL. So, that'll be a good uh sight to see. But David, before we get over to you, uh, is there anything you might've wanted to say as far as Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy at all?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, as far as, uh, actually I do have something
0: to say,
1: but I'm going to wait until we get to our keys to victory.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's,
1: there is something I wanted to say about Purdy real quick. Yeah. He started 47 games in college at Iowa state. <laughs> that is a program that tends to be the underdog, no matter who they're playing. So you talk, you take the quarterback from that program, make him the last pick of the draft. He has got a Tom Brady sized chip on his shoulder times two. So having him prove himself in the NFL, he's you're just eating out of the palm of his hand at this point. Yeah.
2: And by the way, like I recently found out, that Brock Purdy grew up a Gator fan, so uh, <laughs> 49ers, Just in this case.
0: There you go well and also I don't know if you guys saw the video that has been uh circling hey, don't around be of uh, of George Kittle when he lost to the chiefs in the Super Bowl where he was like I will I'll be back you know to have that mentality of wanting to get back there and have that that urge that will to win and it's nice to see and uh David's got some he wants you to see Ed <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, if you guys really want to hash this out, um, how many uh, uh, November 9th, we'll hash it out. How many Longhorns are in the Super Bowl? How many Gators are in the Super Bowl? I don't know if you guys happen to know off the top of your head, but, uh,
2: but yeah. I'm pretty New sure there's actually more Gators on the Chiefs team, but funny enough, I'm not rooting for the Chiefs. <laughs> I know
1: there's a Longhorn going in the Hall of Fame this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, Steve McMichael. You know, that good. Yeah, but uh David, I want you to kind of walk us through actually this is going to be the running back battle between Isaiah Pacheco and Christian McCaffrey.
2: Yeah, certainly. Well, listen, guys, um it almost doesn't feel right to do a comparison because the disparity in talent and skill between the two is not even close. Like just doing a comparison feels very disrespectful to Christian. McCaffrey, but listen, I don't want to throw too much shade at, at Pacheco. Um, you know, for the role that he's uh, played in, in that offense, he has had a very uh very good season, but there's no question. I mean, McCaffrey almost won MVP and Pacheco didn't even uh come close. And even in the postseason, uh, McCaffrey has uh stood out. You know, uh yes, Pacheco does have more yards than McCaffrey does in the postseason but the Chiefs have also played one more game than the 49ers have, okay? When you look at the averages, Pacheco is averaging 85 yards a game in the postseason, which is definitely not something to uh, scoff at, but Christian McCaffrey is averaging almost 10 10 more yards a game. He's averaging 94 yards a game. Now, it should be noted that, in fairness, the Chiefs have faced two top five scoring defenses in the Bills and the Ravens. Um, and if you want to count uh, total defense as far as yards go, then they faced uh, three top 10 defenses because the Dolphins were top 10 in total defense. Um, the 49ers, meanwhile, the competition they face, it has not been nearly as, uh, as strong. And actually, you know, the other thing too about Pacheco is that even, even though he, he has not been as good in the postseason as Christian McCaffrey has – he has certainly had his moments, and the 49ers' uh, defense, as vaunted as it usually is, the run defense has been very, very leaky. You know, especially in the game against the uh, Detroit Lions when the Lions were just completely uh, running up their uh, uh, running up their throats. You know, um, I think the Chiefs uh, would be uh, would be very smart to uh, take advantage of that. So I could I could potentially see. Pacheco uh going off on the Niners defense just because of how leaky their uh defense has been but guys at the end of the day this is Christian yes. McCaffrey we're talking about and and uh listen whether the 49ers win or lose and of course we'll we'll get to that uh point later with our with our predictions I do think that Christian McCaffrey is going to have a better game than Isaiah Pacheco
0: yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is – I mean, there was a reason. He was the Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, this guy can do everything. He is your Swiss Army knife on the field. Uh, that's what I've compared him to, and I'll continue to compare him to that because that's just what he does. But with the Chiefs, you know, a fun thing to note it, it, to me is every year that they've gone to the Super Bowl, they've had almost like a different running back that's been that guy. It, it was Clyde's Edward Hilaire. Then it was Jared McKinnon. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco and it's like they could go through running backs like like it's nothing. Why? Because they have Patrick Mahomes there. But Isaiah Pacheco, I they they continue to find these guys. I mean they did with Kareem Hunt. We all know Kareem Hunt started out there and he just took the NFL by storm. And and Isaiah Pacheco, he's he is just such a physical back. He is fun to watch. I will say that. As a if you like watching running backs play, Isaiah Pacheco is one to watch, but Christian McCaffrey is just Mr. Do-It-All, and he does it amazing. So I can see why you would give Christian McCaffrey the edge, rightfully so. But don't be surprised if the MVP of the Super Bowl comes down to possibly these two players.
1: Totally agree with that. And you know this could be the coronation for uh, Christian McCaffrey as the Offensive Player of the Year. This could be a coronation of Pacheco saying, look at me, I'm better than the Offensive Player of the Year. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, having that that rivalry within the game. And quite honestly, I'm here for it. That is certainly a key to victory that we'll probably dive in a little bit deeper on on what our predictions on here in a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But uh, this, in my opinion, is my favorite battle of the game. And w- this is not players. We are now switching over to coaching staff. We're going to start with the guy that calls the plays on defense for the Kansas City Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo versus Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers offense. This is by far my favorite matchup, and I'm looking forward to what Ed has to say on on this battle. When
1: you look at defensive performances and being a top five defense in this league, you don't necessarily think of having nothing but sub packages. But that is exactly what Steve Spagnolo has done through most of the year. He loves having five, six, seven DBs on the field just to fill the speed to cover ground because that is part of a lot of offense in the NFL now. That's the, the adjustment to the adjustment for a defensive-minded uh, coordinator going against the offense that's been laid out there for a lot of the teams that are trying to catch up to what their offense is. Now, when you have that type of system, what counteracts that is actually Kyle Shanahan's offense. Because Kyle Shanahan is going to have two tight ends, whether it be uh, 21 personnel or 22 personnel, to counteract all that additional speed. So you're going to see just a will of who is going to win in in each side's base uh, concepts. Is it the Kansas City speed kills, or is it going to be the basically tank of the Kyle Shanahan offense just rolling over the smaller defenders? Now, one of the stats that I have seen is that as Bruce Spagnuolo has loves to blitz his cornerbacks, and he had blitzed his quarterback cornerbacks I think over 54 percent of the time this year and when they did they gave up only 3.1 yards on each of, of each of those plays if you wind up having that and getting Chris McCaffrey on the ground before he can get rolling because he is facing those extra dbs coming at him you are going to set up set up your offense for success so spagnolo if he can get that type of efficiency out of the defense, that's going to just turn around and make offense. With, uh, with Kyle Shanahan, he runs some of the best run fits I have seen in an NFL offense. And Chris McCaffrey does great because he is a five-tool guy. You know, you get him in space, he will make defenders miss. You get him on the interior, he, will, he has the vision to get through the line you know that those run blitzes that Spagnolo is going to run is going to try and disrupt all that and it's going to it that's going to be the chess match. Uh it's going to be all around that 10-yard box because uh the 49ers offensive line Trent Williams is going to play and he is a difference maker for that offensive line even though it's the interior of, of the offensive line that has really been driving the train with you know, those trap plays inside uh, against the teams that they have played with their run fits. Uh, On the defense, you've got uh, Reed that made the play that saved it against uh, the Ravens. Uh, He is going to be roaming around out there just making plays, you know, trying to cut in front of those throws that – that Purdy's throwing out there toward uh, George Kittle, those underneath routes to Debo Samuel, you know, you know, giving help to against Iuk, you're going to see a lot of different schemes being run within everything that's out there. But in the base of it, it's going to be 22 personnel versus nickel defense. What is going to win? And that is, you know, to to Matthew's point, that's going to be the one of the funnest chess matches of this game.
0: Oh, absolutely, by far. I mean, it, it, that's what I love about Steve Spagnola is that people still don't know a lot about Steve Spagnola, and this guy's been in the league for a while now. And if you want to talk about a defensive coordinator who can be among the best, I consider people who show up when it matters the most. And Steve Spagnola has done that almost every year the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl. If you want to see a great uh defensive call for a game, you turn into these games that the Chiefs have won in the playoffs over the last four years, and that's because of Steve Spagnola. So I expect this to be the the best matchup and the, the funnest to watch if you really want to look at the kind of the analytic side of things because Steve Spagnola is probably the highest risk taker in the NFL, but he does it smart. I mean, the last week, or I say last week, I'm sorry, last game against the Ravens, he he blitzed Lamar Jackson over 50% of the time. Why did he do that? Because he knew he'd probably crumble. If Lamar Jackson found just the tiniest bit of hole to escape, that's Lamar Jackson's game right there. I mean, you're talking about a guy who can outrun most defenses in the NFL with Lamar Jackson with how he runs, but yet Steve Spagnuolo continued to blitz him the entire game. And same thing with the cornerback blitzes. It's just he does it so smart, but Kyle Shanahan on the offensive side does the exact same. So I'm just really excited for this one.
1: David, did you have a comment on the, on that particular matchup?
2: Uh, No, not really. Other than the fact that I completely agree with Matthew, that Steve Spagnuolo like does seem uh, kind of uh, underrated, despite the fact that we know how obviously uh, how great of a defensive mind he is.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go to the next coaching battle here, and that is none other than Andy Reid for the Kansas City Chiefs and Steve Wilkes for the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm going to start with uh, Steve Wilkes this time. Uh, Steve Wilkes, we all know that he didn't have the best stints as a head coach uh, in the NFL, although he served as interim with the Carolina Panthers and then, act, and then head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. They didn't really – Seem to work out the best for him. I think where Steve Wilkes works best is as a defensive coordinator uh, or defensive backs coach where he's spent most of his career. And I think he fell into this position. This was the perfect position for him to really fall into uh, with the departure of D'Amico Ryans. Steve Wilkes is – He's also led this this defense to being a top tier defense in the NFL, and I I see a lot of strides within their game because of Steve Wilkes. There are just guys out there that aren't meant to be head coaches, and that's not that's not a bad thing. Uh, they are just great coordinators, and I think Steve Wilkes is one of those guys. He had a lot of hype as wanting to be the next head coach for a lot of people but I think their teams are realizing that this guy is a lot better as a coordinator. And I, I feel bad because he's going against Andy Reed guys, the, the cheeseburger smuggler, watch your nuggets. Cause they'll be gone in a second. Um, Andy Reed is just, he's just that good guys. And I, a lot of people don't, I don't think a lot of people realize just how good Andy Reid is because of you got this really big guy on the sideline. You have him in all these State Farm commercials, uh, all about cheeseburgers. But Andy Reid is a phenomenal, not only head coach, but offensive minded coach. Ed has talked about it on here plenty of times of his stint in Green Bay and what really shaped him to be the coach that he is today, so much so that, uh, you know, he was expected to follow suit with uh, Mariucci where Holmgren put a stop to that Holmgren knew what he had in Andy Reed and Andy Reed really succeeded in such a positive way because of that. As we all know, he went to the Eagles had uh, Doug Peterson as his his quarterback at first, but drafted Donovan McNabb and eventually brought that team to a Super Bowl. He did so much winning with the Eagles, although they never won a Super Bowl. They did fall short against the Patriots, and they fell short in several NFC championships uh, against uh, the Arizona Cardinals and then, of course, the Green Bay Packers. But this guy just he he is a winner just like Patrick Mahomes and if there was ever a head coach and quarterback that were just perfect for each other it is these two guys you may hate seeing them on this on their commercials but these guys click more than more than Adam Sandler and his movie click this they are just two peas in a pod but they complement each other i talked about Patrick Mahomes his talent on the field but there's always that guy that's behind that, the brains, and that's Andy Reid. Uh, Andy Reid is a phenomenal uh, head coach that I just really enjoy watching. And that's why I said I feel bad for Steve Wilkes because I just don't think he, he holds a candle to to Andy Reid in this game. I think it's going to be very tough if you're looking at a coaching standpoint on who's going to do better in this game. I think the Niners' defense is, gonna be, is still going to be phenomenal. But we know when it comes down to the end of the game – who are you? Cho- who are you choosing to win the game from a coaching standpoint on those sides? Andy Reid or Steve Wilkes? I'm choosing Andy Reid ten times out of ten because that's how much faith I have in that guy, and that's how much he's proven himself. So, uh, Andy Reid, he's going to have the edge for me uh, by far as well in this game. But Steve Wilkes, I want to say I really like where he's at in this it, w- with the Niners, and I think he's going to be there for a while. Hmm. Explain that again. What those nuggies? With those nuggies. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you think when you think about it, Andy Reid has the best coach that two franchises has ever had.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You take you take a look at the thirteen years he spent in Philadelphia, and now it's been how many years in Kansas City? That's two thousand. Was it was it twelve? He started there. I think it was twelve.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's what we're talking.
1: Yeah. A long period of time with just two franchises and he is the best coach that both of those franchises have had and we're talking against Super Bowl winning head coaches in those franchises. Yeah. So that is a mm-hmm. huge respect thing for Andy Reid across uh NFL coaching. Well, you know
2: what's kind of you know what's kind of crazy? is that Andy Reid, in my opinion, has, has now been uh, with the Chiefs for long enough that when, whenever I think of Andy Reid, the first team I think of is the Chiefs. Like At some point, maybe the first team I thought of would have been the Eagles, but he's been with the Chiefs for so long now that they're the first team I think of when I think of Andy Reid.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it makes total sense. And, and keep in mind, Andy Reid is more than just – the head coach of the team most of the time with, with, uh, the Eagles, actually, I think the whole time with the Eagles and, and partially with the chiefs, I mean, he's had a lot of these final decisions for the, for the team itself. And, uh, it just shows that he's very smart outside of the, of the football field as well, that he's very highly respected to have that role, but, uh, David, I want you to take us through. This is the last uh, battle of the game here. And and some games are decided by this, actually, uh, more than what people really think. And that's special teams. So uh, take us through both special teams uh, coordinators for these teams and who may have the edge.
2: Well, the truth is, guys, uh, neither the 49ers uh, special teams nor the Chiefs uh, special teams uh, have been that, well, special. So let's go through some numbers here. Okay. Uh, the 49ers under Brian Schneider, they've, they've averaged, uh, in the regular season, they've averaged 21.9 yards per kick return, eight yards per punt return. They've had 13 fair catches, which is darn near the bottom and their uh, kicker, Jake Moody. He's 17 of 21, um, on field goals and 60 of 61, um, in extra points. Now, when you look at uh, David Tube, um, Taub Tube, I think it's Tube, David Tube, uh, special teams coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Chiefs are averaging 20.1 yards per kick return, 9.3 yards per punt return, and 17 uh, fair catches. And Harrison Butker is 33 of 35. uh, in, in field goals and 38 of in 30, 38 of 38 in uh, extra points. So overall, if you look at the numbers, uh, neither, neither unit uh, stands out as particularly great, but I think I would give the uh, slide edge to the chiefs. Now, maybe you didn't catch it initially. Um, but keep this, uh, I want you to keep this in mind. Okay. Jake Moody of the 49ers, uh, field goals, uh, 17 of 21, Extra points, 60 of 61. Harrison Butker of the Chiefs, 33 of 35 in field goals, 38 of 38 in extra points. If you notice something, it's this. Obviously, you should notice that Moody has had way less uh, field goal attempts, which is not surprising because the Chiefs are, excuse me, not the Chiefs, the 49ers have been so freaking good on offense that obviously they have not had to rely on on uh, Jake Moody uh, that much. And that also explains why he has over 20 more uh, field goals, field goal attempts. Whereas you look at Harrison Butker, it's no secret that the Chiefs offense has not been that great this year. Hence why Butker's uh, field goal um, attempts, you know, have been uh, a lot more than Moody's uh, field goal uh, attempts. But certainly this does mean that the Chiefs know that they can rely on Harrison Butker. You know, whenever their offense uh, doesn't get going. They know that Harrison Bucker is Mr. Uh, re- reliable for them. So even if uh, even if Mahomes and uh, Kelsey can't create their uh, magic, a quarterback tight end connection, the Chiefs at least know that they can uh, rely on uh, Bucker. Um, but I think this is going to be a, an interesting uh, matchup. But guys, uh, as I said before, and I understand that Ed maybe has maybe has some numbers. There's just really nothing particularly uh, interesting about these two units because, with these two teams, it
1: truly is all about the offense and the defense. Well, if you look at the numbers also in the punting game, you know, Wisniewski actually had half of his punts wind up inside the 20 yard line. That is a long field to go against the 49ers. When you're talking about the defensive. Uh, Personnel that they have to come at you—that is difficult to make it all the way down there. Uh, When you're uh, talking about uh, Kansas City's, you know that's going to be a question mark as well. So it's not just the kickers; it's not just the returners. The the field position battle—you know when you get to this point in the playoffs, everything has to be buttoned up. It doesn't matter if you're talking about time management, if you're talking about punning, if you're talking about that one extra point to make sure that you are four points ahead instead of three. That is a huge part of the special teams that many people do not point to as a deciding factor when in reality it is. We've seen plenty of times this year like the NFC championship game where when you don't rely when you can't rely on your special teams to do the job that they're there to do you make decisions that can cost you ball games and I don't think either one of these coaches are in the business of costing themselves ball games by having players that they do not trust in those situations however if there is somebody to not trust out of either one of these special teams units, it's going to be Jake Moody. Mm-hmm. You know, with an 86% make rate on his field goals, that's difficult to come back from versus Harrison Butker's 94% make percentage on field goals. And mind you, the only two field goals that he missed the entire season were between 30 and 39 yards. Everything else was spot on. So that is going to be the only question mark that you have when it comes to the special teams is can the head coaches trust who they have out there and in my opinion i think andy Reid has the advantage in this over kyle shanahan yeah and you know
2: uh uh, certainly um special teams can make or uh break a team It, it can be a difference maker like I know this is college football, but the same logic applies. Uh, The semifinal game between Michigan and Alabama, Michigan special teams almost cost them a chance to go to the national championship. So yes, I think you're spot on.
0: Yeah. I mean, in that game specifically, that's pretty much what was going to be my point actually in that Michigan, Alabama game, it was more the positional battle. Yes. I get that their uh, punt returners uh, had trouble uh, catching the balls, but it was more the the actual punts, in my opinion. It was the positional battles, and that's why I feel like uh, this is so important. I'm so glad Ed said it because I was going to, is these punters. This is big because we know that when it comes to the field goals, the edge does go to Harrison Bucker. Keep in mind, Jake Moody is a rookie but he has missed some very key field goals that have cost the Niners this year. Whereas Harrison Bucker, he has been very reliable, but this game is also indoors. And I think that's also going to play a big factor too, because it Vegas is indoors and they it's, you got this punning game here that that's where I think it really comes down to. And the 49ers and, and wishnowski have just really been dominant on that side. We don't live in a, in a day and age where we have the Devin Hester. Returning punts and field goals anymore. That those that stat is almost obsolete. We don't see that anymore. So instantly, my mind doesn't even go towards that. It goes more towards field goals and punts. And I think each team has an edge here on both those issues. And for the can, record,
1: if, can one one more one, if I could just to just to put the proper uh, enunciation in front of his name. Hall of Famer, Devin Hester. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Famer, yes.
2: Yes. Hall of Famer, Devin Hester. And well-deserved, too. Um, but all the, for the record, uh, for the record, by the way, it should also be noted that, um, you know, if you want to highlight um, Jake Moody's uh, struggles in the playoffs, he's three of five infield goals. Meanwhile, Harrison Butker is a perfect seven of seven infield goals in the postseason.
0: Numbers don't lie. <laughs> yep. T.J. Watt got snubbed. Sorry. Um, but um, the, that's a topic for, the, for a different discussion. For the, for, the
2: rec, for the record, guys, if you're wondering, well, hold up. Like You you thought Miles Garrett was going to win it. Yeah, there's a huge difference between thinking someone was going to win it. But I can vouch for my guy here. He thought Miles Garrett was going to win it, but he always thought T.J. Watt should have won it. So just in case you go after him for that.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I just had to add that in there. But I want to get your guys' – keys to victory for these teams. So, I'm actually going to split it here. Ed, I'm going to give you the keys to victory for the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: The key to victory for the Kansas City Chiefs is to have Pacheco run wild between the tackles. They've got to be able to control the center of the field, you know, and also have not only the running yards, but also the option routes off of that to to create uh, some spacing there for uh, Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is going to have the edge over George Kittle. If you're doing that positional battle, uh, like I talked about earlier, there's also more uh, options for San Francisco to run the center of the field. But when you're talking about Kansas city's keys to victory, having Rasheed rice, be the guy that can take some heat off of, Uh, Kittle, I mean, uh, Kelsey down the field, that's going to be big as well. So it really becomes a three-headed monster as far as weapons for Kansas City, and they all have to show up and work as a single unit. It can't be hero ball one or the other, because San Francisco's defense is too good to let one person beat them. It's going to have to be a collective effort, and it's going to start with Pacheco, running between the tackles and Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yep. All right, right. David, uh, keys to victory, San Francisco 49ers.
2: There's only one key to victory for the San Francisco 49ers, and that is they need to call Todd Bowles and ask, hey, man, how the hell do we beat the Chiefs? Because the Bucs are the only team in the Patrick Mahomes era to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah. In all seriousness, though, man, I think when it comes to the 49ers, man, like their key, uh, their keys to victory is uh, they need to do the best they can to contain uh, Travis Kelsey and just try to shut every other uh, weapon down. Um, As we've talked about, their run defense has been uh, very leaky in the playoffs. And to be honest with you, I don't trust the run defense um, to uh, get any better um, because I think Isaiah Pacheco um, has the potential to uh, run wild on them so i don't want to make it sound like i'm saying they should just completely abandon the run defense because obviously uh they should but i think they, they need to recognize where the where their weakness is right now um and they need to uh focus on shutting the passing game as much as they can you're probably not going to be able to shut down uh travis kelsey like heck even the bucks if i remember correctly um even though the chiefs only scored nine uh nine points um and you know their offense didn't score any points that was all from uh field goals. If I remember correctly, uh, Travis Kelsey, um, still had a great game. I think he had like 133 yards or some, uh, something like that. Um, so you're probably not going to be able to uh, stop Kelsey, but if you can contain him and you can just, uh, uh, shut everybody else down. Um, and then of course, you know, uh, you know, uh, let Christian McCaffrey, uh, run wild. Then I think the 49ers have a great chance at winning the game.
1: I think we're saying very much the same thing. So in my mind, it becomes two stats to keep an eye on. One, and it's the same set that you look at any big game like this, turnovers. Who's going to make the big mistake? Two, time of possession. Who's going to keep the other offense off the field? Those are the two that I'm looking at. If you're going to boil it down to one to two stat lines to keep an eye on, on who's going to take this game.
2: Well, I'll add a third third point to that, and that is, if it comes down to the wire, which field goal kicker do you trust more?
0: Butker or Moody? Well, you know, there is a player that you guys have not named yet, and this is my key to victory, actually, for the 49ers. That is to contain Chris Jones. If you've watched Chris Jones, not just this season, but this playoffs, he is infiltrating that backfield like it's like it like it's his job, which it is his job. But he's doing it like no other, and I think that is going to be such a big key for the Niners is if they could contain him. Because if Chris Jones is back there, he's making things uncomfortable for Brock Purdy. And if you're going to make Brock Purdy so uncomfortable enough that means you may get a mistake and that mistake is a turnover. And just like Ed said, to watch out for those turnover, the turnover battle, Mahomes, especially in the Super Bowl, rarely makes those mistakes. So it's almost like who's going to make it first. And if Chris Jones is back there all up in your grill, you're most likely going to make that mistake first. So I think this is actually a battle of the trenches, in my opinion, for both teams for their keys to victory, because On the Chiefs' side, you want to run that ball with Isaiah Pacheco. So that means the Niners need to get their their crap together on defensive line to uh, really battle that offensive line. And then on the other side, the Niners' offensive line needs to contain Chris Jones and that defensive line as well to protect their quarterback. So I really think it's going to come down to that, in my opinion, is who can protect the most, and who is going to win in the trenches? Because so that's where games are won. We know that, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
2: I and I will say, you know, if the if the Chiefs can figure out a way to uh, beat um, uh, uh, Trent Williams in that battle, then their chances increase significantly. You know, as Ed has rightfully pointed out many times. You know, you can make an argument that Trent Williams is the uh, offensive MVP because in games where he didn't play, Ed, I don't remember what it was, but the, the 49ers were like, what, 1-3, and 1-4 and without
1: him this year? Exactly. And Purdy has looked awful in each of those games. You know, throwing four, I believe it was like nine of his interceptions uh, this year were in games in which
0: Trent Williams didn't uh, play a majority of those games. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. you, you, know, you know who else looks awful without one of their main guys? Yeah, the Steelers when TJ Watt's not there. Defense player of the year. Um, but yeah, uh, just tell you how I really feel guys, but last but not least, Packers, I wanna, Packers, Packers, Packers. I want to get your guys predictions. Baker was robbed. Baker Baker was robbed. We got a lot of opinions on this guys, you know. We're going to have to have another show just for this and I guarantee you we will. But yeah. the AP is a mess, but Guys, I want your predictions on this game. David, I'm going to start with you. Who wins Super Bowl 58?
2: Well, I'm pulling for the uh, 49ers, but I just have a feeling that the Chiefs are going to win this man. like We haven't had a repeat Super Bowl winner since uh, since the Patriots in 03 and 04. So it, quite literally, it's been 20 years since we've had a repeat winner. So how funny would that be if we get a repeat winner on the 20? Uh, anniversary um but i'm gonna take the chiefs uh
1: 25 to 24 over the 49ers ed so i'm gonna go i'm gonna give you some uh, stat lines that i'm predicting i'm going to predict christian mccaffrey to have 78 yards rushing and two touchdowns brock purdy 34 41 for 380 yards with a touchdown and two interceptions Isaiah Pacheco, 95 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey with 120 yards and two touchdowns. And the Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes, 29 of 34 for 315 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. I am eating cheeseburgers on Sunday night because the Chiefs are going to win this game 27-25. It's going to be right on the nose for that spread of 2 points uh <clears throat> so it's going to be a complete push. Hey, what do you
2: what do you think uh McCaffrey's uh receiving yards are going to be in this game, Ed?
1: I'm going to put him in the category of he's going to break one out. So you'd probably
0: see him in the 40s. I would say 40s, 50s. I feel like over probably combined 120 combined rushing and receiving yards, which probably is the best and safest bet to make is Christian McCaffrey getting his rushing and receiving yards. But we kind of have a little trend going on here. The last two games the Chiefs have played, the Ravens and the Bills, I have chosen the Bills and I have chosen the Ravens because I felt those were the teams to win. I am not making that same mistake again. <laughs> I am choosing the Kansas City Chiefs to win Super Bowl 58. And yes, this is, a, it sounds like a trend between the three of us here. I have it 24 to 23. So, I mean, the the I have a one-point margin. David has a one-point margin, and Ed has a two-point margin. You could tell we think it's going to be a close game. Um, and it's going to be floating around the over/under, which is forty-seven and a half as of now for the game. So we're right around the over/under there. But I just the Chiefs. I I just can't I can't do it anymore. I can't bet against them because well they continue to prove me wrong. So uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to beat the Niners once again in the Super Bowl, and they will be your Super Bowl Fifty Eight victors. So it sounds like uh, we pretty much have that all the same there. Uh, And I mean, we look at to go back to the positional battles where I think we all could easily say Patrick Mahomes over Brock Purdy, Travis Kelsey Mm -hmm. over George Kittle. So that's two for the Chiefs. Christian McCaffrey over Pacheco. uh, So maybe one for the Niners there. The Spagnola and Kyle Shanahan was probably the closest one. Um, it's kind of tough to actually say who's going to win that one because, well, Spagnola is 1 0 now against Shanahan in the Super Bowl. And Andy Reid, obvious over Steve Wilkes. And uh, the special teams is also kind of up in the air, but I feel like ultimately we'll give it to the Chiefs because of their kicker. So you look at those battles, it, it seems like it's going to swing in favor of the Chiefs. So. Maybe that's why we chose the Chiefs to win, but I'll be very interested to see what you guys have to say on if you think the Chiefs are going to win this and give us your predictions, drop your predictions in the comments below. Let us know if we're wrong because we may be wrong and we will find out come Sunday. So stay tuned for that and uh, uh, continue to hit that like that subscribe button, share these videos and always let us know how you feel guys. We value your opinion, but Super Bowl 58 is upon us guys. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are as well. But until next time, we are rounding third, and we are headed for home.